Welcome, Darpini. This is Saratoga Beth. We are in Ape of Brangen, and it's a birthday for Brangen. It's the first day of Hanukkah. And our question is, the cruise of oil. Did you ever see the cruise of oil? So what is this cruise of oil? So here, we're going to go back. Real, so have you ever found, could you have been the person who found the cruise of oil? I mean, everybody knows the story of Hanukkah. They found the cruise of oil, and everybody knows the story, so I'm not going to repeat it. So the question is, would you have been the one, would you have been the one who could have found the cruise of oil? Okay. What does it take to find the cruise of oil? Do you have to believe in the cruise of oil? Do you have to believe that it for sure exists? Would you have believed? Would you have given up? Would you have said, forget it, the whole place is defiled? Are you ever in a situation when... You see that um, there's defilement and there's darkness and there's struggle everywhere. And and at the same time, while there's all this destruction and darkness everywhere, do who's the person who says, I know that there's a spark of light there? And which kind of person says, I know there's a spark of light there? And which kind of person says, forget it, let's just give up. It's just totally dark. It's a mess. It's unfixable. We know those two situations, right? And maybe most of us have been on both sides in a situation where we say, no, I know there's light in there. Do you see light? No. But I know there's light in there. What would make you know that there's for sure going to be light in there and keep going towards it? You know, like we always say about Shalom Mordechai, he knew somehow there was light in there. Right? He knew. So that cruise of oil is kind of that same energy as there is light somewhere. So... So um, here's what we want to say. Let's just go back a little bit. So let's go back for one second to, you know, the difference between the Menaira and the Beta Midrash and the Menaira of Hanukkah. We, I only have page two of this mimer. So um, but we want to see the difference because there's an amazing Nukuda here that teaches us about, you know, tell, let us know whether we would be the person who was sure that there was a crew, there was some some spark of light, some pure oil somewhere, or we would have been the person who said, forget it, just give up. And if, and if we were the kind of person who would have said then, forget it, just give up, what do we need to do to morph into the kind of person who says, I know there's light there? Because it, it, it's not easy when you're in darkness to feel that there's light. It's really not easy. So, um, um, Okay, so number one, the, we're just going to spend two minutes on the difference between the base of Middash and of, of the Menaira in the base of Middash and the Menaira of, of Hanukkah. The Menaira of the base of Middash had how many branches? Seven. And the one of Hanukkah has eight. Well, that's already ding, ding, ding. Here's a hint. It's a different kind of energy. So... It's an eight energy versus a seven energy. We know, of course, seven is the world, but the, as it becomes holy. Eight is, it's not even part of the world. So once you're outside of the world, remember, let's, I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert, a hint. When you're in a world, sorry, let's go back. How, did, how, is, how could there be a dark world, God forbid? How could there be evil or even struggle, God forbid, in the world? Oh, very simple. When Hashem decided he was going to create a war, sorry, excuse me, a world, what did he do? He created what's called the Tzimtzum. He contracted and concealed himself so that now there could be darkness. Presto, now you have darkness. Thank you, Hashem. That was amazing. I was always wondering, Hashem, how if you are everything and it's our insight and you're the only reality, how in the world you're going to hide yourself? I always, if I had been around at that time, which, which I guess I wasn't, I would have sort of wondered, you know, how's Hashem going to hide himself if he's the only reality? You ever wonder about that? Where would you hide? If you were the size of this room and somebody said hide, say, but in the, the size of the room. You know, how do you get through the doorway if it's, if it's a six-inch wide doorway and you weigh 170 pounds? How are you going to do it? Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go to hide himself? Shut that door. To hide himself. So he created the symptom. And once he created the symptom, boom, now you have the possibility of struggle and darkness. Okay. 
So therefore, that's where the Greeks came from. What do you think? They came out of nothing? They came from that place, from that, that symptom. So you have in the world, the world is a place where, yeah, here's a world, and it's an amazing world, but it can go up to number seven. It's a sixth world, a number six world, which is dark. A number six world is dark. In a number six world, you have coffee, and it spills all over everything, and, every, and, and it makes a big mess. In a number seven world, you take this this struggle, you know, on the the number the world of six days is another struggle and another problem and another problem and another problem. But we are Jewish people. We are, you know, number seven Shabbos. So we take it and we make it holy. Still a tough world, but we make it holy. But it's still inside the rules of the world. And the world is basically designed to look dark until you fix it. So, of course, a little child will come along and say, so why should I work with a, with a world that's so messy? Let's just go to a brand, you know, let's do something brand new. Work with number eight energy. Let's just work with an energy that's outside of the rules of the world. The rules of the world is are, there are going to be problems. So we say, well, then why do we, why do we have to work with the rules of the world? Why should we? That's called, I'm just saying for a, a moment, that's called number eight outside of state Hishtashlis. That's what it's called, number eight. Okay. So, the Menaira had seven branches in the base of Migdash. Okay. Eight, the, the one of, of, of Hanukkah is eight. Where was it? Uh, here, here's another point. The Menaira in the base of Migdash stood where? On the right side or the left side? It was the right. And the Menaira of, of, of Hanukkah is on the left side. Hmm. Now, the problem with the left side is that's the dark side, the place of darkness, struggle, klipa, where the Greeks, what the Greeks were up to. They were from the real dark side. By the way, we were, they were from Chachma de Klipa. That was super from the dark side. So, um, so I want to see inside this, um, So why do we have this Menaira of eight, this Menaira that's on the left side? Let's say it like this. Why do you need a Menaira of eight for Hanukkah and on the left side? Okay, but watch this. Ever been in high school? Yes. I don't know. Maybe your high school was different, but our high school, Miss Bonky, would check your shoes, and if they weren't shined, and if you didn't have six laces in your low, in your in your offboards, you didn't. Yeah, it was a very you know strict school, and it was a public high school on top of that. And Miss Bonky, like there were rules, and there was no pulling shtick. I wasn't a shtick kid, but there were there's some sticky kids in that high school. I came from a Jewish school to this public high school, and and Miss Bonky made it very clear: you don't do shtick inside the school during school hours. If they wanted to do shtick. They had to do it outside of school hours and outside of the school building. She couldn't control them then. We're talking about a public school. So we're familiar with that. Or, for instance, you go into a restaurant and they say, no outside food. You want to eat your outside food? Sure. But not inside the restaurant. Right? So the, rest, the rules are inside the restaurant, it's like this. Outside the restaurant, it's different. Inside the school, these are the rules. Outside of the school, there are different rules. Does that make sense to us? Same thing in, inside of Seder Hishtalshuas. Inside of Seder Hishtalshuas means the world. You know what the rule was? The rule was, inside of Seder Hishtalshuas, that when the Rashayim, when the darkness, remember the world is created by Hashem saying, I'm going to take all my light and I'm going to take it away, so it's going to look a little dark in here. In this world, and your job is to make the darkness look light. So the rule in the world is when the dark forces really multiply a lot and come to your doorstep, it's going to feel dark. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't, I don't want to. That's what Putin said to uh, Zelensky. He said, if you're going to bring, if you're going to join NATO and you're going to bring missiles to my doorstep, I will fight you. I'm not going to be a sitting duck. 
You know, I'm not going to have missiles pointed at, at my country. What, what, what am I, crazy? Etc. I don't know the whole story, so I'm maybe very naive. But, but if we go back for a second to the story of Hanukkah, long, do you think it was always bad with the Greeks? Was it? So the Greeks, as long as they think, the bad guys, as long as they stay home and they don't come near you, that's fine. The Greeks were over there in Greece. You know, do whatever you do. We're Jews. We're in the land of Israel. You're Greeks. You're over there. Do whatever you want. What do we care what you do? It's my problem. It's my problem what's going on in uh, Nigeria, you know, in those, right? So you Greeks are sitting there. When the Greeks got to the point where they said, we want to conquer the whole world, especially the Jews, including the Jews, but they're going to be the toughest nut to crack. And they came and they embedded themselves. Remember last week we learned about embedding ourselves. Yidin go to distant places and embed themselves there for the purpose of taking the place over. They do that too. What do you think? It's a, it's a patented uh, technique. They came, they went throughout the world and Alexander the Great went around the world and he also came to Israel and said, let's, well, these people are going to be tough. Well, he was good, but after he left the world, they embedded themselves in the land of Israel and said, let's take over. Let's put out their life. You must watch. If you really want to know the story of Hanukkah, and it's so moving, you watch the, it's a cartoon thing called Lights. I think it's called Lights. It's quite old, and it's really good, and you learn the whole story, and it's very, very, very moving. You really feel the light of Hanukkah from that story. So it's an animated kind of a thing. So, so the Greeks came, and they embedded themselves there, and they said, we're going to get these Jews to give up all their stuff and become like us. What do you, can't blame them. So now the darkness increased. Because they were right there under our noses saying, um, we're not going to let you do what you do. You know what their major thing was. And again, that'll be tomorrow. Very simple. They, they said, you know you Jews have this thing about Tyra? Well, right. You know you Jews have this thing. Remember we were talking about Yutes Kislev. We're going to see in a couple of days how Yutes Kislev and Hanukkah is one piece. Because what's Yutes Kislev all about? Again, I don't want to go on too many tangents. It's to say, we don't just learn Tyra. It's not good enough. So that can take you in funny directions. We have to learn Hashem's Tyra. Well, that goes without saying. Oh, yeah? It doesn't go without saying. Necessarily. So, so the, the Greeks said, you can learn Tyra, but you can't learn Hashem's Tyra. Well, whose Tyra is it? I don't know. Just learn the, learn the stuff. Read the book. But this thing about God in the Tyra, which is kind of what Chabad Facitis is all about. Mesiris Nefesh to prove that God and Tyra are one thing, that there's no such thing as Tyra without Hashem. It sounds like a silly point, but it's not a silly point. So when the Greeks came along, let's, let's go back to the basic principle. If you have an enemy sitting right under your nose, and they're right under your nose, and they're right under your nose, what's going to happen is, they, remember, it's a dark world. They're going to win and you're going to lose. There are more of them. You know how many, they had 40,000 well-armed troops with war elephants. And what did we have? 40,000. What exactly did we have? We had a handful. And it wasn't only that. They have all the money, all the power, all the this, all the that. We're just a small band of, of Jews. And they are now on the way to becoming a world power. And they are getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and more influential. Put it like this. Put it this way. If Bill Gates says he's going to give $2 billion to something, and you're going to go donate $100 towards it, who, and you, he puts in a bid. I want to buy this. So I also want to buy it. He puts in $2 billion and you put in $100. Who do you think's going to get it? He's going to win. 
He's got more money, more power. He's going to win. If the Greeks come along and they say, we're going to win, we are the superpower. We have all the money, all the men, all the manpower, all the power, all the political power, all the, all the, you name it. And we stand, we are living in a world that a, the world is a dark place. And we are the harbingers of darkness. Don't you think they're going to win? No. Yeah, that's him. I'll they're going to win. According to the laws of nature, when you're in the restaurant, the laws of the rules of the restaurant are this and this. When you're in the high school, they say outside, I can't be, I'm not in charge. Inside my restaurant, inside my school, inside my home, inside my this, these are the rules. Outside, there are different rules. The rules of the world are that if the rules of nature are that if evil people come along and they have all the money and all the this and all the that, remember the rules of nature. One second. The rules of nature, you just said it. The rules of nature, we have to think streamlined. The rules of nature are that inside the rules of nature, inside Strathcona High School, if you come with loafers, you go home. Period. If you don't wear six, if you don't wear oxfords with six, with six uh, things, six laces, you go home. You're kicked out of school. If you're not wearing black socks or whatever, you're kicked out of school. That's the way it is. That's the rule. Who cares? They're right. They're wrong. That's the rule. And they're going to win. Miss Bonky was going to win because she worked for the school. I don't work for the school. I didn't dare come with unlaced shoes. She worked for the school. She represents the power. Within the laws of the, you know, Quebec Ministry of Education, Miss Bonky wins, not me. No, wait, 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 wait. Follow me in this. Okay. So on what, so what do we need to do? Leave the school building. You can wear any shoes you want. Go to the restaurant. You can eat any, any food you want. Leave a place where those rules are unbreakable and go to a place where those rules don't belong. Yes? Does that make sense? So in the world of six and seven, in the world of six, the world, evil people with a lot of money and a lot of manpower are going to win. And in the, but outside, that's a different thing. What's the, so the world of six, as we make it holy, six and seven. Inside the, the base of Midrash was shining this light of seven into this world where the Greeks were going to win. So what we need to do? We needed to go into the world of eight. Exactly. Because in the world of eight, we needed to go outside of the high school, outside of the restaurant, outside of the world of six and seven. And we needed to go to the world of eight. Over there, we're always the winners. In the world of six, they're always the winners. In the world of eight, six and seven, you know, in the world of six, they're always the winners. In the world of eight, we're always the winners. It's our turf. The world of six is their turf. They're good at it. They're, they'll ne- we'll never be as good at the world as they will. It's their territory. If the Americans are going to go to Afghanistan, the Afghanis know every single nook and cranny of the terrain. How are you going to do it? That was the thing at the time of Yahshua, Shemesh Begivandayim, of Gimel Tamil, because the Canaanim and whoever was, you know, all those nations that were in the land of Canaan, they knew the terrain. And we Yidden are fighting against them. What's going to be that we're fighting against them? They know the terrain. If it gets dark at night, we don't know where we're going. They do. It's their turf. You're going to go to the people. You're going to go to the nations of the world. Who it's their turf, and you're going to say, we're going to win over here. They're like, they'll laugh in your face. That's what Hanukkah is all about. They laugh in our face. To make them forget, to make you forget. We said, you can't challenge the fact that Tyra is Hashem's Tyra. They said, honey bunch, where have you been? Do you realize you're inside the world, the world of six? We say, all right. And they say, guess what? We're the winners. We're always the winners in the world of six. We can tell you anything we want because we have more money than you and more power than you, and we will win. And we probably looked at them and said, oh, you have a point over there. They weren't saying something crazy. We were crazy. They were saying the truth. We are the, the ones who reign supreme in the world of six. You want? You want to believe. Leave. Oh, you claim in the world of eight, so go to the world of eight. Does that make sense? 
It's almost like they were inviting. Why do you think Hashem sent them to us? By the way, why do you think Hashem sent them to us? We're going to see in, as the work goes, as the week goes on. Because remember, remember that here we are in a situation that we're about to write down the oral Torah. The oral Torah is something that has to be passed from father to son. It comes with automatic Yerushalayim. Remember, we heard from Rabbi Majeski. You would read a passage in, in Chumash, and you would be filled with Yerushalayim. And then once they were going to write down the oral Torah, then what would happen? Then you could separate Hashem from the Torah. You have the stuff that you read in, on the page, and then there's Hashem, and they can be separated. Not when it wasn't written down. The way it was taught made sure that Hashem remained in the Torah. The people who taught it and the way they taught it kept Hashem as one piece with the Torah. Once you write it down, which we had to because otherwise we would lose it, and we were told from above, then you have Hashem in one place and the Torah in another place. See the difference? Okay. So, so if we're about to face that period in history where, right, where Hashem will, could be, sep- could be perceived as separated from the Torah because it's going to be written down. The oral Torah is going to be written down. Well, this is a whole other topic. I guess I don't want to go in, into it today, but our enemies are sent to get us to the next level. So, on some level. It didn't feel like that. Yes. Hashem has, right, exactly. So we don't want to be much because it did. Okay. So let's go back to this idea. So essentially, the, the Gaim are saying, hey, we're the winners of the world of six. You want to reign supreme? You want to win? Go to your world, world of eight. Now, that's interesting. Well, you know, you can't tell a Jew what to do, basically. You know, eat your orange now. No, don't tell me what to do. Drink tea now. No, don't tell me what to do. You can't tell a Jew what to do. Now, it's very interesting because they came along and they said, you know, we'll tear down your your, your mizbeach. We'll, you know, you have to do this, this, and this. There was only one man who stood up to them. It was Matisyahu. He was the only one. Everybody else said, let's just give in to the rules of the world of six. Miss Bonky is running the school. What are we going to do, you know? What, what are we going to do, you know? You should probably have a lift that could have Miss Bonky is running the school. What are you going to do? I'm not going to come in penny loafers because I'll get kicked out of school. This is it. It said, let's just, and it's kind of fun, you know? Kind of fun, you know, to be on Miss Bonky's side. So. <laughs> right? Sort of, you know, or like, so they said, you know what, let's just become Greeks. It's kind of fun with the gymnastics. And they had a lot of perks. Over. It's sacred. But they had a lot of perks. They had, you know, eat. Oh, they had like a lot of, a lot of wild parties and stuff like that. A lot of wild partying. But essentially, um, Matisio was the only one who stood up and said, never. Never. Because remember, he must have been the one who sent the crews of oil. He knew they were defiling the base of Mizish. He probably, again, not, you know, his sister-in-law, but he probably knew that you can't ever fully defile the base of Mizish. You know how he knew? Guess. How would he know? You can't a million percent defile the base of Mizish. There's got to be one little spark left that can't be defiled. How do you think he could guess that? Again, I don't know, but I'm guessing that. How could he guess that? And he saw it in himself. He said, everybody in Israel is defiled, but not me. And why am I not defiled? I can't. There's something in me that doesn't let me do it. Ah, what's the something? The something. I must have a spark in me. Again, I don't know how much they knew that, but I must have a spark in me that is outside. It's from the world of eight. It's not from their world of darkness. It's a spark of something eternal. Geula. It doesn't let me give in to the laws of nature, but to the evil. I'm just guessing that he may have thought that. Somebody clearly knew it's got to be that there's something in the base of Mizish that had, that could not be defiled. Got to be. Got to be. By the way, by the way, I forgot. Why are we talking about this today? Because what is Hanukkah all about? Such a shame. What is Hanukkah all about? You say, oh, you know, the miracle of oil. Oh, okay. It went for eight days. 
All right. Wait, was it the war? No. It wasn't the miracle of the war. How do we know? Because otherwise, Hanukkah would start yesterday on the 24th. Okay. Was it the miracle of, we all say, you know, it was that the Menaira was shining for Sean, if you're Canadian, Sean, if you're from the, the Commonwealth, for eight days. Wait, today is the day. Today is the start of Hanukkah. Today is Hanukkah. So today the Menaira was already shining for eight days? Yeah. Nope. No. It's only the first day. They had enough oil for one day. What's the miracle today? The miracle is the right. eight days. The but there's no miracle today. If you find okay. if you find a cruise of oil and it's enough for one day and you light it, like tomorrow. Tomorrow's the miracle. So why don't they why don't we start Hanukkah the the day when wow right on the twenty sixth. Why don't we start Hanukkah on the twenty sixth and say that's when the miracle started? That it wasn't, there wasn't supposed to be any lipstickite, any light, and it was going. Why? So what do you think the answer is? What's, what's the miracle of today? A little distracting from the world of six, right? What's the miracle of today? Let's think. Wait, I'll give you a second to guess. Right. But the miracle is, the miracle is today. Why do we start Hanukkah today on the 25th? Because they found the oil. Good for you. Give her a cup of tea. They found the oil. Remember, today on the 25th, they found the oil. Remember, when you see total darkness and it's over, it's hopeless, does everybody still maintain that vision that there's got to be something pure there in the midst of the darkness? Not necessarily. Would you? The darkness is saying, we will consume everything. Nothing will be left. That's called conquering the world. They sound believable. They have a lot of money. And they have a lot of power. Why shouldn't you believe them? So who, it's a Jewish concept. It's a Hashem's Torah concept. That Pneumis Torah concept. That within the greatest darkness, there's always a, one spark of undefiled energy. Fact. Nobody else knows that. That fact changes everything in your life and everything in history. There's a spark of Hashem, and there's a spark of Mashiach in everybody and everything. That's why we go on the same. Why? Why do people go to prisons, and why would people go on the same to people who are like 25 tattoos, and they go into a tattoo shop, and they put filling on them, and all that? The guy's gone. He's, he's finished. He has nothing to do with Yiddishkeit. But we we know that there's a spark of undefiled energy in him. Fact, by definition. Right? Fact. Nobody else has that reality. So that's not a reality from number six, the world of six. And the world of six, the dark, you know, what you see is what is. The, the darkness overwhelms it and it conquers everything. Finished. It's over. And it's true for them. Where's the Greek Empire now? Gone. Where's the Roman Empire? Gone. Where's the Persian Empire? Gone. Because in the world of six, if it gets too dark, the thing disintegrates and it's over. They're not, they're not living in La La Land. They're living in true land of the world of six. In the world of eight, it's a totally different frequency. That's our frequency. So, and they probably always suspected that, our enemies, and that's why they couldn't stand it. Like these Jews with their thing of like their number eight and their eternity and their geula, like they couldn't take it. Especially after, you know, they thought that their Messiah came, then it was just super hard for them because they knew that we know that they got it wrong. <laughs> that's already the last 2,000 years. That was, that was Edom. Like they were like, you know, that was the first year I ever went to that somebody, Rabbi Shaifadel, the Shalom said, you're walking down the street and you're, you're, you're on the way to buy, you know, shoes at Walmart or whatever, you know, or like whatever, you know, a pack of staples at Walmart or Home Depot. Why did they then hate you? Because they know that he knows that their guy that they chose as the Messiah is, he's not it. And they couldn't take it. They're right. They're wrong too. <laughs> and they couldn't take it. So here's the, here's the thing. So do, do we understand now the world of six and the world of eight? So our Menaira is the energy of eight. So um, how were we able to overcome this, this, this thick darkness that was impossible to overcome? Because the Menaira of Hanukkah is, is, is eight. Um, 
they light up the darkness. Oh, there's something that in the darkness, it can light it up. Even the darkness of the street, even the darkness of the, the bad guys, because the light of the Hanukkah Menorah is above his shalshor, is above the laws of nature. Number eight. It's outside of the world of the laws of nature. That's why it's eight. Um, okay. Now, here's the thing. Okay. So, one other thing. So, you realize that when Hashem is, Hashem is constantly putting us, it's, it's almost like the lockdown, you know, like, he gives us, like, some years of good, and then another enemy comes along, and then good years, and another enemy comes with, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, on, off, on, off, you know, freedom flavors. He keeps sending these guys to challenge us. Why are they, what are they challenging us in? When we get, you know, when we start to live in the world of six and believe that the laws of nature run our life, they come along to remind us that the laws of nature don't, don't run our life. Okay. So here's the thing. So we're, we got it. The Greeks are basically going to win and they're going to absorb us all. We will, we will be gone. We're standing in the year, whatever it was, I forget, 22, 63, 26, 23, something like that. It's, it's almost over. You know, another few years, the lights are out totally. That's it. You know, get, take a Greek name and we're done. That's what was going to happen, essentially. It, it looked like it. Except that. So somebody came along, Matisiao said, quick, quick, bring energy from about outside of Seder Hishalshwar, from the world of eight. Quick, quick, quick. And he taught his sons to do that. They could have been his students. He taught a group. In this case, they were his sons. And he said, Mila Shemelai, we are from the number eight. And in number eight energy, in the world, outside of the laws of nature, we always win. That's our turf. That's the place of Esam and Nefesh. That's the place of Hashem's oneness, Hashem Ochaz, the spark of Mashiach. That's the place over there. Ah, so how do you get there? Right. So Matusiyahu understood that we need to bring that energy in. The, the Yidn are almost gone. They've given up. They've fallen asleep, essentially, spiritually. It's about to end. Quick, revive them from the world of eight. Quick, give them some air from the world. From the Matisyahu understood. We have to turn. It was only him. Matisyahu understood. Quick, revive Yiddishkeit. We have just a few days left. Quick, revive Yiddishkeit from the world of outside the laws of nature, the world of eight, the world of the Hanukkah Menorah. Okay. So what do you need to do to access the energy of eight? What kind of activity is from that world? It's very nice to know about it. Oh, wow, all we need is a little input from the world of eight. Great. You planning to do it? I'm not. What would you do? How do you access the world of eight where we are always victorious? The world of Mashiach, the world of Geula. How do you, how do you access it? What do you think? Okay. Okay, it's called Mesiris Nefesh. Mesiris Nefesh is an activity from the world of eight. When you do it, it clicks everybody into the world of eight. Because now you just, you know, it's like we're sitting here sometimes, Matzah Shabbos in 770, and it's very listless, and all of a sudden somebody downstairs turns off all the lights, and all of a sudden, you know, and then somebody turns on the lights again. It just shifts everything over to a different when we do Mysterious Nefesh from the world of eight, it just starts to flavor everything we're in into eight energy. So what happened was, was it only Matis Yohan and his, and his, his sons? They fought all alone. Nobody joined them. Everybody was secularized. Everybody said, the Greeks have the culture of the future. They have art. They have music. They have fitness. They have everything. What do we need with the old rules of the Tyra? My name is my name is Jason. It's not Zermia or whatever. That's what they said. So, did anybody join Matisyahu and his and his sons? Did anybody join the Maccabees? Sure they did. A whole bunch of they were probably for sure young guys, hothead guys, that were looking for action anyway. You know, you're not going to take like a bunch of. Although these days they could take people like us. You know, we just we do it virtually. You know. <laughs> Right today, you can be a Maccabee. You don't have to be physically young. You do it virtually. So, but probably a bunch of young, strong guys, and and Matisio's family 
said, Mila Hashem Eloi. And they're like, yeah, right on, Groovy Mama. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah, oh, my goodness. Who wants to go to sleep and become just another Greek when you could join the Maccabees? And you realize, oh, my goodness, he's saying the truth. It started to infect everybody else. And they started, like, one by one by one. And they became this band of guerrilla soldiers. They would do anything. They didn't care if they died. What's the difference? Like, what, what, what's, what's, what's the alternative? There's nothing much going on here. <laughs> Be some dumb Greek, you know. So they, had, they jumped into that energy of Mysterious Nefesh. Ah. The energy of Mysterious Nefesh is the energy of the, the energy at which not only you, you weren't defiled, you can't be defiled. Every Jew has in him a spark, the Maida'ani of the Jew, that not only didn't get defiled, can't. Scratch guards. There's nothing you can do. You can throw berry juice at it. You can throw, you can throw peanut butter at it. It's scotch guard. Nothing messes it up. Imagine such amazing scotch guard. The Pintle Yid, the spark of Mashiach in you, scotch guard, like there's nothing can dirt that can dirty it up. It's unbelievable. It's just like, it just, everything falls right off. It's just like, come on, throw some more stuff at me. And in history, and in history, Hashem said, hey, you guys want to test it? And there were always people who said, yeah, let's test it. Like in, in communist Russia, you know, all the Hasidim that we have here that were there fighting the KGB, they're like, yeah, let's test it. Right? Or Hashem would test it. You know, you're going to be willing to sit under a floorboard, under the kitchen floorboard, teaching one little kid, one little kid, and if they take you out and they shoot you, you're ready to be shot? Yeah, sure. Right? So how Scotchgard is the Scotchgard? The Pintalead, the Spark of Mashiach, like, nothing can defile it. And we had plenty of times in history where we got to test it, and it was like, wow, it's really true. The guy who's eating the cheeseburger on Yom Kippur, and he's driving with his girlfriend in the convertible and playing loud music, and he's all that other stuff. And they're both eating cheeseburgers and having, what is it, a Pepsi, Pepsi Cola fun or whatever, she's blonde and yada, da, da, da. And then, and somehow he gets out of his car and, and he starts screaming at the chassid who's like, you know, you think you're a better Jew than me. And, and, and then, all the, or whatever it is, and all of a sudden somebody stops his car and stands with a gun and says, bow down to the Salem or do something against, you know. And the guy's doing every Avera in the book. There will be a moment. If it's not him, then it will be the next generation. But in this generation, almost everybody. He will be, he will somehow give up his life. I'll kid He didn't give up the cheeseburger. <laughs> but there will be something that touches him because they touch the pintle he did, and that's like, scratch card. Nothing can defile me. Like, what do you mean I'll disconnect from a chef? Hey, man, you're eating a cheeseburger with your Gaisha girlfriend on Yom Kippur in the, in the car. But what does that have to do with anything? Like Dustin Hoffman said. Dustin Hoffman was probably, you know, I only saw, like, when he was in that revolutionary thing. But Dustin Hoffman, he was probably, I guess, all the actors in, in Hollywood, they're in plenty of non-sneistic movies. I don't know. I'm not, you know, a movie person, right? But he had an interview. He was, like, 75 years old. He was then. And he said, now, maybe he's 85 now. And he said, people ask me what I am. And he said, and I tell them, I'm a Jew. I thought you were an actor in Hollywood. I thought you were a famous, I thought you were a billionaire. If you're an actor, you were a famous actor. You're probably very wealthy. And you probably have a lot of property. You're a property owner. You're a vacationist. You're an actor. You're a successful actor. You're wealthy. You're this. He has about 15 definitions. He said, I tell them, I'm a Jew. Well, that's a surprise. You've done that. Figured it out before you went into Hollywood. After all that, being so sullied, being so defiled by all the garbage of Hollywood, and it's really, and now it's worse than ever. And that's the only thing that means anything to him? I am a Jew? Are you serious? Because the, the spark of Mashiach in him that said, that part of me can't be defiled. That's the same spark of the guy who, with his cheeseburger on Yom Kippur, he's willing to give his life all Kiddush Hashem. And he doesn't know about it. He's not aware of that. Right afterwards, you do with this thing with him. You send him to the Hadaratara, then, you know, <laughs> etc. Then he becomes a Belchina, then he becomes a Shliach, and then, you know, etc. Those are the guys you want. So this concept, that that's in the world of eight, total Mysterious Nefesh. Because when you have that Mysterious Nefesh, 
you know, you sense there's a truth. Hashem is inside this darkness. I know he's there, and he can never disappear. Hashem says, that's the truth. I know the same thing about you. You know that about me. You know, you figured it out that in the greatest darkness, I'm always there, and, and I will never be defiled. He said, yeah, we figured it out. He said, I may do that way, too. Whoa, that's cool, as they say, right? That's amazing. I can never be defiled. Yes, you have the spark of Mashiach in you that can never be defiled. That's why, you know, in the morning when we say Maidani, we emphasize that. So, okay, so then last point. So that is the miracle of, the miracle of today is finding that place. Finding that place. And here's the thing. What do you think the Maccabees, after they saw, by the way, they saw that they had incredible victories over the guys who were destined to conquer Israel. They saw that they were having supernatural success. 40,000 Greek soldiers well-trained with, with war elephants. And what? And a band of moth-eaten rebels, a small band of moth-eaten rebels, and we win, they lose. Because when we had Nasiris Nefesh, we switched over from the world of six, in which they were going to win, to the world of eight, in which we always win. How did we pull out the, we're like, hey, let's switch, switch to the frequency of number eight. What do we do? Have Nasiris Nefesh. Once we jump into Mysterious Nefesh, the whole scene switches over. You know, the stage turns around. The stage turns around and is like from a sixth stage to an eighth stage. From the laws of nature, a natural looking thing, to all of a sudden to the world of eight, the world of, of Geula, Mashiach, eternity. Geula, redemption is number eight. Yeah. Right? And so. So we can't lose it. We can't lose, exactly. So what it requires is stepping into that mysterious nefesh. So the last nikud is the following. So what? When they went into the base of Migdash, and it was totally defiled, and it looked like the Greeks had destroyed everything, and they had, somebody had to know, wait a minute, I saw myself. I experienced it myself. I experienced it with my sons. And I experienced it with all the men that we attracted to becoming Maccabees, we got it. We didn't do this on our own. We did this, and this power came from the world of eight. So if this power came, if we have that spark of un, of um, undefiled, undefiled oil in us, because we have, oil is the essence. We have an essence in us that cannot be defiled ever. Sorry, so to go back to it, so we're saying that don't you think they saw it in themselves? They saw that there was a spark in the ship that couldn't be defiled. And it turned over everything. It gave us not only a victory against the darkness, the Hanukkah Menaira is here forever. It will be the Menaira of the future. They, didn't, they weren't just victorious for them. They were victorious forever. This, this cruise of oil it illuminated, it, it continued to go for eight days. It illuminated the world forever. It's never going to end. This is the real energy of eternity. It's never going to end. That's who we are. They all come to an end. We do not end when we tune into that spark. So clearly, they must, somebody must have thought that in the base of music, here we are, it's totally defiled. Got to be that there's one cruise of pure oil, because I've got one. And you've got one. I have a spiritual cruise of pure oil in me. And so do you, and so do you, and so do you, and so do you, and so do you. And not only can it not be defiled, it has two qualities. This cruise of pure oil in me spiritually, number one, can't be defiled. And number two, goes forever. And I can turn the entire world around from that cruise of pure oil. So it's got those two qualities. They probably thought, there's got to be one physically in the base of Migdash. You want to tell me that I can be, I can be this amazing and the, and the, the base of Migdash doesn't have a corresponding one? On the contrary. How can the base of Migdash not have one? 
There's got to be a cruise of pure oil that the Greeks couldn't see. It was the outside of their frequencies. They could only see number six type of, of energy. This is a number eight one. They would never have been able to see that cruise of oil. It's outside of their range. But it's totally in our church. So somebody found it. And they found it today. That's the whole point. They found it today, um, which is, that's the, that, that is what makes, it says, my Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? They found the cruise of oil. Right, Ruffles? What is Hanukkah? They found the cruise of oil. Oh, and it illuminated for eight days. Two things. They found it. So on a personal, they found it. That's what Hanukkah is. Otherwise, it would start on the 26th. The cruise of oil, they, 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 would say, they would have said it like this. The cruise of oil, they found. Which for, you know, Sean for eight days. They say, the cruise of oil that they found. Two miracles. Two miracles. They found it. That's today. And tomorrow, it's going forever. It shows what it can do. So on a personal level, when we find that cruise of pure oil in ourselves, that, that, that piece of, that spark of Mashiach in us, everything becomes possible. Everything, be, now you become a real Jew. Right? What, what did he say? Annie Hall, he said, you're what Gra- Gra- Grammy Hall said it called a real Jew. Now you become a real Jew. You become a real Jew. You're living on the energy of eight, of the spark of Mashiach. Who are you really? Spark of Mashiach with, you know, another 130 pounds added on <laughs> or something like that. You know, this color shaitel and this color this and this color that and, you know, how tall are you? How is this? Whatever it is. If you're lucky, it's 130 pounds. So, but you're the spark of Mashiach. That's why, by the way, the Luz bone is the real Jew. You know, and what's going to be a chrysomason? Add on a little meat to the bone. Guy's still there. Add on a little meat to the bone, little skin and bones, you know, needs to gain a little weight. Back in action. Right? No miracle. So the same thing. Who are you? You're Pintalayid. You're the spark of Mashiach in you. The es- your essence, one with Hashem's essence. Hey, of course that's who you really are. With some meat and bones added on. You know, a little meat, you know, the more you eat, the more meat and bones. But that's not the real you. Right. So then, now, if that's the real me, well, then we're all miracle workers. Then on that level, everything is successful. Oh, wow. So we're totally successful people if we live on that level. Boom. Number one. Number two, all the forces of darkness are afraid of you. Because they know, oh, no, here comes another Jew, a spark of Mashiach, a cruise of pure oil. I we already remember from the story of Hanukkah, you know, and it ends up, and then, like, we're, they realize we're gone. Like the Greeks, it's kind of like when they, when they saw the Jews coming, like, oh, no, it's going to be over. In the year 2022, we will not even be a memory. We're just going to be, now, who remembers the Greek Empire? Only us because of Hanukkah. Think anybody thinks about the Greek Empire? Maybe a few people in Athens, you know, for tourists, for tourist uh, purposes, they tell some stories. Other than that, yeah, Greek Empire, Greek sneak, nobody even thinks about it. Greek yogurt, that's about it. What do you know about Greek? Greek yogurt. That's how you know. If not for the story of Hanukkah and Greek yogurt, you wouldn't even know, you wouldn't even know such a thing. You know, they're busy on their yachts there or whatever. <laughs> so, so that's it. So the tool, the, the, the tool that we have for growth and for effective living from today, and Baruch Shem, I want, it's my birthday, I want to bench everybody to step into this tool, is to know that I have something that if the nations of the world really understood what it, what it is, they would pay any amount to have it from me. You, you have, right? You have one of those. You have that, that, that affiliate. You have that ability to be totally successful beyond all the laws of nature and step into this miraculous energy. You have one of those. Yeah, my sister has one of those. My friend has one of those. We all have one of those. Like, what is it? You know, the spark of Mashiach, uh, the cruise of pure oil. We all have one of those. Are there any Jews who don't have? No, no, they all have one. They all have one. And now the guy I'm ready. They used to hate us for it. You and your cruise of pure oil in your soul. I can't take it. Now they love it. Like you're the Jews. You're supposed to be the leaders. You have a cruise of pure oil in you. You're the people that can create eternity. And and you're the people who are like, you know, fight off all the darkness. You don't have to fight off the darkness. Even they recognize it. you don't have to fight against us. If we represent darkness, you don't have to fight it fight it off. You say, Come, 
So for Brendan, you know what? Who just who did I just hear this interview from? I can't remember. <laughs> Memory is not what we're supposed to be really good at anymore, right? But somebody just spoke a couple of days ago, and he said he was so proud because um, something was going on in the world politically during the Kinnis Shluchim. And so, oh, that there's some nasty guy who's saying really nasty things about the Jewish people. I forget what his name is. Some guy who was really very verbal about saying really ugly things about the Yiddin. And that's why everybody said, oh, no, we have to move to Israel, anti-Semitism, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. So what happened? So what happened? Uh, a newspaper guy, a, a journalist came around, and he went from one shliach to the other with a microphone. And he asked them all, what do you think about the anti-Semitism? He figured all the shluchim are in one place. Great, you can interview a whole bunch of Jews and smart Jews, leaders. You don't interview a whole bunch of them, you'll get various opinions. So whoever said it said, amazing. They all said the same thing. They all said, tell him to come to my Chabad house. We'll have a couple of chayims, some herring. We'll talk it out. We'll resolve it. You'll see. Do you understand where we're up to? Nobody's afraid of those guys anymore. What do you mean? We have a cruise of pure oil. Ah, darkness. <laughs> we laugh. We laugh at darkness. Because darkness, the Greek, the story of Hanukkah proves the greatest darkness in the world with all the money and all the professional and all the Bill Gates funding it and all that other stuff is no match for the one cruise of pure oil in the soul of a Jew. And they're, they're terrified. You and your cruise of pure oil, they're terrified. So what we want to do, L'chaim, we want to step into that that place in ourselves, the Esam and Nefesh, where we realize I'm pure gold, I'm one with Hashem. Uh, all the darkness shakes when it sees my my neshama, and, and have that 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 tintalia, that spark of Mashiach permeate every part of my life, my physical, my emotional, my heart, my everything, everything that I do in my life, so that it speaks to my animal soul and speaks to every part of me. And I become a, our goal is to become a walking spark of Mashiach. And that's why when you go on Messiah, I'll name one second, when you go on Messiah, sometimes, I've had it happen to me, when they see that you're at kosher week or something like that, I had it. He, a, a lady came up and said, Mashiach, come over here, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Right? Right? You never had that on Messiah? They do. They Mashiach, come over here, I want to ask you a question. They feel like if you're standing at a table, of Messiah, they feel like you're a Mashiach or something like that. You're, they see it. So that's it. Yeah, they see it. So may we all step in on this day when the spark of Mashiach in, in, in us and in the base of Mishish is revealed and found. And we realize, oh my goodness, it's there. And I got it. And the base of Mishish has it. And we're one piece. And we will turn over the world and all the darkness will just be mavato and say, please teach me. Let me join your shear. Let me join your for bringing your hakel. So may, when well, may experience the ultimate hakel today on the 25th of, of, of Kislev, find ourselves in the base of Mikdashashlishi, lighting the Manaira, and, uh, all the brachas to everybody. The gashmis, barachnis, gam yachet, and we should have a gula mitzvah shleiman now. L'chaim.